Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and let's get started. I'm here with Ace Lane, and we're talking about the major uh, uh, focus of his business career, I would imagine, right now. You said you had like three or four focuses going, but the the development and... And so when you got this, you right from the beginning, when you left your competitive sports career, you immediately kind of, it sounded like you started the business when you got the land all at the same time. Is that about right? I started a little bit bef- before that because I knew I was going to be transitioning and um, I was really freaked out about what the next steps were going to look like because I'd been training so hard for so many years and um i you know i I wasn't sure where i was going to go and and i had done you know a lot of other jobs during that working for other people which i of course learned a lot and you know carpentry and uh sales and things of that nature yeah you wind up when you're there is an off season in uh in ski racing and uh you know you're talking about coming off the uh the nine-year uh, pro ski racing career, you uh, not everybody's making a fortune on those things, so you have to do a little bit of everything to, to survive, I guess. No, you're, you're uh, right. I, so I, uh, I was a carpenter for a number of summers, and um, I also did – I was also logging earlier. And so <laughs> I was trying – but and I was also in sales, and I was also was a cook in a – restaurant and snowmass. You know, it's interesting how all of those things, uh, along with those sports, all those skill sets uh, come into play now because it it opens the door for you to do a project like this because you're going to build it, but you have to, you know, sell it. So you're going to have to have some hand in the marketing and all. Where did you, uh, uh, how did the, vision of this thing started because you said it took 10 years for you to get up to uh what is that 130 employees or my mind is i i think our max was 148 and i had an office here and an office in santa barbara and um it just seemed like a natural place for us to be in both that became sorry yeah so uh so you expanded and took the architectural landscape design thing and uh, figured we'll take a stab at uh, California. Yeah, which, uh, you know, worked out great. We got to do some fun work out there. And and then I started getting involved in um, energy startups and things of that nature around 05. Yeah. And it was, it was, um, it was very fun. I really enjoyed it. And so I, I ratcheted back huge. We had a good run in landscape, uh, design, build art, the whole thing. So I decided that I wanted to just focus on building, designing and building green communities. And at that, so I ratcheted way back down to probably like 35 employees and just focused on a couple of outside jobs and yeah, one, took th- it from- one thing I'd like you to talk about, the idea of, you know, you have to constantly shift and adapt in life. 
if you're going to excel because not every idea we have is going to be the greatest and not every uh, opportunity is going to last forever. And uh, what looks good on the front end, it might actually be great the way you imagine it for a while, but then things kind of fall apart, you know, because life changes. We are on a spinning planet. And to a large extent, it's like your sports career in soccer. Uh, the great coaches are great game managers. They're situational managers. They, you know, you got a game going, you got a team on the thing. You can't say, oh, we need to go draft some more players. I mean, you got to, you got to make it happen with who you've got. You know, you might have some kids injured. You might have uh, your star player might be having a bad day and whatever, but somehow you got to call a shot if you're going to win that game. And in life, you have a lot of the same kind of things. And, and so what I, I've heard so far is you make an adjustment, you know, you came out of the the ski racing, you got uh, this piece of land, you got uh, it going on architectural landscape and design and growing trees, things that pursued you, but you had to make adjustments along the way, right? I mean, I, th there's something you have to learn. You, you learn and you realize when you're up to 148 employees that you could never imagine when you it was just you starting out uh, that, that informed you making some of these other other adjustments is that right oh it's, it's constantly shifting it's like to me it, it feels a lot like sports you have to be able to pivot and shift right away um and not stay at least for me if i sometimes when i did stay stuck is when i or <laughs> some of my you know fa failings so um like sport I did have to shift a lot and I did coach soccer for quite a while during during this time and I I had a lot of success not because I was a had this wide knowledge of soccer I think it, a lot of it came from because the players knew I was in it with them they knew that I loved them and I cared about them and I believed in them and I was in the trenches with them but I don't necessarily think I was the best tactical coach but um but I do we did have a good, you know, connection, which was great. In all your careers in coaching, uh, uh, did you notice coaches that you could tell did not have that same commitment that you're talking about here? You'd seem like it would seem like that would be a given at higher level, uh, more serious levels of sport. That which is where you were competing at and uh, spending your time but was that is that something that a missing ingredient that a lot of coaches don't seem to understand or uh, uh, be able to convey to their team well you know in my lifetime I've seen a big shift in in uh, coaching and it seems like they're really great co the coaches and when I was coaching I was always watching other coaches and what they were doing and I would learn a lot from them, um, you know, tactically and just drills and how they talked. And, um, you know, I studied it quite a bit. And, um, but I did find that the way you communicated and if they felt like you were with them sincerely, that that was a game changer. And when I watch sports now, the, the best coaches seem to like know how to inspire each player and have them work together. And, 
that's amazing. So I, I admire that quality of being able to get people to be inspired and work together and bring out their absolute best when things are rugged or when things are great. Well, you know, you find in business, Ace, that people are usually either like really good solo performers or they're really good coaches. And what you've done is gone uh, in your life. You've gone to where you were the guy, like you're saying, winning the uh, that season on the pro uh, uh, skiing tour. You know, you're the guy. Everybody caters to you, and you're the star. And then you go to where, uh, you know, you're trying to. You're the support role. You know, it's a total flip over. And you got to do that in business. You know, that's the way businesses. You're going to launch a business. You got to do everything yourself because you're the, you know, you're the one man band. You're uh, uh, there's no one else to call. You got to do it. But as you settle into a successful pattern of using your day, your week, your month, your year, you start to have success, and you run out of hours in the day. So you start gradually adding people to your team, and you go through a gradual transformation. Like in your case, you said you went from one to 148 over about a 10-year period of time. Uh, most people are not good at making that change. And uh, were the things that you had to have talks with yourself or the things that you maybe learned that made it easier for you to do that because you had observed uh, your coaches and learned from coaches and learned to uh, look at situations through your coach's eyes rather than just being the star of the team? Uh, yeah, I've learned a lot from my coaches. Uh, they, they were so supportive of, of me. And I learned, I mean, in, in business, I mean, it all, it, I mean, it all applies to life and business. And I mean, it all feels like the same thing to me. Um, but I also found that I'm, I'm not, I'm a good, I'm a great manager of people that don't need to be managed. So I try to go. hire people. There you go. There you go. Try to, <laughs> try to hire people that are much better at me in a lot of areas and, and, you know, want freedom. And that if I can find that right mixture, wow, it's a lot of harmony. But um, I don't think this has ever come out on, on, on my podcast. You know, one of the great fears of doing these things aces is you feel like you're just repeating yourself and telling the same stories you know but i will i don't know if this has come out before but i found in business if i ever had a manager who was doing uh is be whatever he was doing it was so infuriating that i had to address it and i got to the point where i had to ball him out i found out the only thing that happened from that was i felt better but he never changed <laughs> yeah, it was all it, you know. It was all right to ball him out, but just what I learned was just don't think this is going to accomplish anything good because what he has shown you is he has got to go because if you've got someone in there that you've got to constantly explode at or check up at, right behind them all the time, they just don't need to be. Yeah, they need to be somewhere else. And uh, I like that phrase. And I'm a great coach of people that don't need a lot of coaching. <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm not good at the other. I'm not a good micromanager or watching people or I just felt like said, this is what we got to do. Let's go get it done. This is your part. I'm not going to watch you that much, but I have high expectations. Um, and sometimes it works great. And sometimes 
you know, I'm like, okay, this isn't working. I gotta, I gotta shift. Yeah. And talk about that. Uh, uh, you know, we've got so much good content here. I feel like I need to wrap it up, but I do want to get, get your comments on being willing to shift and recognize reality. Like you said, you know, you had the business going successfully in, uh, uh, Colorado, but you saw an opportunity to get into what Santa Barbara, which yep. is a beautiful yes. place, and uh, uh, probably all of your work has been burned up now due to the fires. I hate to tell you, <laughs> uh, some of it has, which is unfortunate. Unfortunate, uh, but it'll grow back uh, eventually. the uh, The thing is that you know you shifted you you learn things from going from zero to 148 employees, then you're looking at the next 10 years and you're saying, hmm, I think I want to do this. I think I want to do that. I want to reposition my assets and where I spend my time, I allocate my time. You know, I don't need this. You know, we're doing this, but it's really not not very satisfying and not very rewarding in any kind of way. So we're not going to do that anymore. But we've got an opportunity here. We're going to throw our energy behind. You have to make those kind of adjustments, otherwise you get stale, don't you? Yeah, no, I agree. In the, <laughs> I mean, in every part of life, it feels like, like that. And all the startups I worked with, and I'm still working with a number of them, uh, the ones that succeed, uh, there's there's obviously a variety of great ingredients, but the one really great quality of the ones that succeed are the ones that when they come across obstacles, they will shift, they'll pivot. <clears throat> the ones that get stuck have less likely chance of surviving all the obstacles that are gonna come up that you have no idea they're gonna come, come up. So I've learned a lot from them. And I mean, I've learned, I've had so many mentors and so many people I watched and have worked with and so many people much brighter, more talented. And um, I, you know, I, I applaud them. I think it's great to, to do that. And the tree farm project ex itself is the ideas are there to be successful and, um, and to take it to another level. But I also, I want to take it to another level on wherever I go next. And I want other people to build projects that are way better than, than mine. I want to keep upping it making it better for everybody so that's part of the idea yeah fantastic well thanks for sharing and uh we're going to wrap this up and uh uh soon i want to get back in touch with you and let's talk about successful startups because everything you know life you can look at life as uh, a series of one project after another whether it's in your personal or your business life things you want to accomplish and other, other than just eating, sleeping, and breathing, it's like, now what are you going to do with, uh, you know, uh, with your life? And you got to have some accomplishments, and you got to have projects to make those things happen. And so, uh, when you get going, you got to start it up. And so, startups is something where we're always doing. And I want to get your insights, what you've learned from being involved in so many startups. If you're open to that, so thanks so much, Ace. Well, thank you. I hope I didn't talk too much. I appreciate you having me, me on. I'd be happy to talk about my experience with startups anytime. Okay, that was fantastic. Thank you very much.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind with me, Larry Wydell. If I've helped you in any way, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For more information like this, listen to our other Million Dollar Mastermind episodes and check out my Wydell Academy YouTube channel and visit us on WydellOnWinning.com. I'm the Million Dollar Mastermind, and until next time, go, go, go.